People joke about laughing so hard that you wet yourself, but for some, it's a serious matter. If you ever had a gotta go to the bathroom feeling that you can't control, you may have incontinence. We're going to learn about it today with Dr. Angela Halusik, an obstetrician gynecologist at Tenet Health Central Coast. This is Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenet Health Central Coast. I'm Prakash Chandran. So first of all, Dr. Halusik, what exactly is incontinence? So urinary incontinence is the involuntary leakage of urine. Um, there's a variety of factors that can cause that, but um, that, that's really, it's just really as simple as that, just involuntary leakage of urine. Okay, so how does it actually occur? Is it that you're just sitting and you pee a little bit, or are you doing something to cause um, the urinary incontinence to happen? Tell us a little bit more about uh, how it occurs. So there's different types of incontinence. The main three are urge incontinence, which is also known as overactive bladder, stress incontinence, um, or mixed, where you can have a combination of the two. Um, Urge incontinence is a... Involuntary leakage of urine associated with a strong urge to urinate. And um, sometimes women have different cues for this to happen, like they're putting a key in a, um, in a door or they're getting out of their car and they just all of a sudden have this strong urge to go and they can't hold it. And they end up having leakage as a result. Stress incontinence is leakage associated with some sort of activity or some sort of increased pressure in their abdomen. So women will report leakage of urine with coughing or sneezing or laughing or doing jumping jacks or running, um, but it's some sort of like activity like that. So there's different types of urinary incontinence. The main ones are, um, I'll talk about you know, the details of each one, but the main ones are three different types. There's stress urinary incontinence, there's urgency, um, urge urinary incontinence, and there's mixed, which is a combination of both. Stress urinary incontinence is when someone has leakage of urine, um, when they cough or sneeze or do jumping jacks or it's associated with activity, um, laughing, just anything where you're putting, like having sort of increased intra-abdominal pressure. And the and then urgent, urge urinary incontinence is more you have a strong urge to urinate and with the strong urges, sometimes you leak associated with just the feeling of having to go to the bathroom. So often women will say, um, I have a strong urge to urinate and they can't always make it to the bathroom and I just wet myself um, that's that's urinary that's urgency incontinence and mixed some people can have both um, both types of incontinence and um, sometimes it can be mostly stress related so mostly with coughing laughing sneezing but then occasionally we'll have a strong urge to urinate and wet themselves or it could be the other way around where it's mostly urgency related um, but they also have occasional um, episodes of stress urinary incontinence where they cough or sneeze and then um, wet themselves. I see. And do we actually know what causes incontinence? So in terms of the cause, so with stress urinary incontinence, that's most commonly 
something called um, urethral hypermobility. But basically, it's just that the angle of the urethra changes really easily, and it changes when you have the increased pressure in your belly. So um, like when you cough or sneeze, that'll sort of change the angle of the urethra. And um, with that change, with that change in the angle of the urethra, urine can just come out. And usually when that happens, it's in small drops. Um, But that's the most common cause of stress urinary incontinence. Incontinence associated with urgency, it's unclear, but it's unclear exactly um, what leads to it, but it's basically just you have these involuntary bladder muscle spasms. You know, we have a nine-month-old, and I recall that after my wife gave birth, um, she experienced a little incontinence and, for example, was afraid to go to yoga because, you know, she didn't want to pee during the class. And I imagine that it affects many women uh, who give birth because there's so much pressure um, being put on the stomach. And I know that that urethra is probably pretty easily modified afterwards, uh, at least until the body heals. Um, So can you speak to that a little? Yeah, it's common. Um, and actually, yeah, childbirth is one of the major risk factors for having stress urinary incontinence later on in life. And um, I mean, there are other risk factors too, like obesity, um, chronic constipation, heavy lifting. Um, basically, just over time, anything that where you're having just a lot of putting a lot of pressure on your belly. Um, can just sort of weaken some of the connective tissue and ligaments supporting the urethra, which can cause it to be um, really mobile. And um, so, yeah, preg- pregnancy is a really common um, common risk factor. And, yeah, with, with increasing pregnancy, like with the more pregnancies you have, um, the higher risk you have for having stress urinary incontinence later on in life. So how is incontinence actually diagnosed? Like, is it just that a person is sitting there and they pee a little bit and it's necessarily incontinence or could it be something else? Yeah, so it's most commonly incontinence, but sometimes just having a urinary tract infection can cause those symptoms. I see. And so with everyone who comes in with involuntary leakage of urine, uh, it's pretty routine to run a urine culture just to make sure that that's not the cause. Um but, but yeah, most most commonly it is in, incontinence of some sort. So let's talk a little bit about treatment. If you do have incontinence, what are the treatment options available to you? So yeah, so the the options actually vary depending on what type it is. And so, um, but with with either type, often just conservative measures, just like behavioral modifications, can really make a difference. So if someone um, is having, yeah, bothersome episodes of leakage, often um, just sort of modulating how much how much fluid they're taking, drinking in, in a day, and trying to limit beverages to um, no more than a few hours before bedtime can often help, especially like if people are getting up at night to urinate or having incontinence in the morning, um, just sort of keeping track of when you're drinking the most fluids and trying to not have so many fluids close to bedtime, that can really help. Um, weight, weight loss has also been shown to help with stress urinary incontinence just because you're taking some of the pressure um, 
basically off, off your abdomen to help with that urethral hypermobility. And so, um, so yeah, conservative measures like fluid modification, weight loss, um, and even just home Kegel exercises have been shown to help with, with stress urinary incontinence. And if someone, or fixing some of the risk factors, if someone has heavy weight, does a lot of heavy weight lifting, um, seeing if there are other activities where if they always leak with heavy weightlifting to see if there's other activities that they'd be that they would find enjoyable that wouldn't require such heavy lifting or if someone's chronically constipated and having stress urinary incontinence um, having them have a good bowel regimen um, can sort of at least slow the progression of stress urinary incontinence um, pelvic floor physical therapy can actually help with either stress or urge urinary incontinence. And um, some studies have shown that with just conservative measures and even pelvic floor physical therapy, people can have a reduction in their symptoms by 50 to 70%. And so um, conservative measures can work really well. In terms of medications, medications are really just for urge urinary incontinence. They're not really effective for stress urinary incontinence. So, but so there are medications that you can also give and there's surgeries as well. And the most common type of surgery is called a sling procedure. And that's um, really good for stress urinary incontinence. I see. So it seems like in most cases, there's a way to mitigate or to reduce uh, incontinence over time. But is there a way to get rid of it completely? I wouldn't say that we can guarantee ridding it completely, but we can certainly improve symptoms. Okay. And is there anything that people can do to prevent or lessen the chance of developing the condition? Um, it's really unclear. I think also a lot of a lot of the effects that you see are just age and genetics. And so there's not a whole lot. I think in terms of probably the easiest thing to do would just be if someone is chronically constipated to really, really work with the doctor in getting a good bowel regimen so that someone's not chronically constipated because that's a pretty easily modifiable risk factor. Um, but, and then, you know, weight, weight loss can sort of reduce your risk as well. But, um, but no, a lot, a lot of, a lot of stress, or urge urinary incontinence is due to genetics, and so, and the risk increases with age, and so you know we can't we can't say if you do this one thing you won't we will not get it. Um, some people just just get it. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about different things uh, that people can do if they have incontinence. Are there things that people should avoid uh, to help reduce their symptoms? Yes, especially if you have urge incontinence. So if you have incontinence associated with a strong urge to urinate, then it's really important for you to avoid um, what's called bladder irritant. So there are things that can definitely exacerbate your urge incontinence. And common bladder irritants are alcoholic beverages, um, caffeine, artificial sweeteners. Um, if you can reduce those or eliminate them, then you should notice an improvement in your urge incontinence symptoms. I wouldn't say that these cause incontinence, but they can certainly exacerbate it. And you know, just as we wrap up here, there may be an audience member who is struggling with incontinence. And after having seen so many cases yourself, 
What is the one piece of advice that you might give them? That definitely go in for an evaluation because there are a lot of things that we can do that would help help with those symptoms. And so don't just don't be resigned to feeling like you have to just live with bothersome incontinence. Like there's a lot of treatment options. Are there any topical treatments or things that you can insert to potentially reduce uh, the risk of some of these symptoms as well? Yes, actually, uh, with stress incontinence in particular, there are some vaginal inserts that you can actually get over the counter. Um, CVS, Rite Aid should have them. You can also buy them on Amazon. They're basically um, small tampons that you would insert into the vagina yourself, and they put pressure on the urethra to increase urethral resistance. And so um, if you have stress incontinence, um, it's really good for that. It increases the resistance of their urethra so urine doesn't leak out. These can be left in for about eight hours, and you have to take them out afterwards. Um, some people love them, some people hate them, and what I've noticed is that they typically work best if you have predictable leakage. So if you are someone who you know, runs every day and has leakage only during your runs, then you could certainly insert one of these and go on your run and hopefully not have leakage when you're running. Um, there are different brands. The, most, the one I'm most used to seeing is called Poise Impressa. But there are other ones as well, and they all do very similar things. You know, and another thing that I'm hearing is that people are not alone in this, that many people experience incontinence, and they may not be reporting it because it is embarrassing. Uh, But luckily, there are things that you can do uh, to lead a better lifestyle and to mitigate uh, the amount that uh, an individual does experience it, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Halusik. Well, I really appreciate your time today. That's Dr. Angela Halusik, an obstetrician gynecologist at Tenant Health Central Coast. Thanks for checking out this episode of Healthy Conversations. For more information, visit tenanthealthcentralcoast.com slash about slash podcasts. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks, and we'll talk next time.